Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. Welcome back to another edition of Mississippi Magic. This podcast brought to you by our good friends at Divinity Equipment. You know, when documentaries are written about the history and evolution of any genre of music, my state, your state, Mississippi, is going to be a big part of that story. Our state is the birthplace of America's music. That's the music of country and blues and gospel and even rock and roll. The legends and the pages of history with names like W.C. Handy to Jimmy Rogers validate the ancestry of America's music. But the beginning wasn't the end. Many of the trailblazers shaping and then reshaping America's music in the recording studios and front offices of the music business came from the Magnolia State. So it is with a guy named Carl Frank. The mountains he had to climb from the flatlands of the Delta were nothing less than epic. That's next, along with a personal story I've never, ever shared on the air all these years, all involving one of America's greatest entertainers, a Mississippian whose daddy named him Carl, Carl Frank. More after this from Divinity Equipment. You know, it seems to be with all the concerns about the crowds and coals, one of the best places to be is all by yourself on your new Kubota tractor. Zero turn more or compact. There's no better place in Mississippi to make that happen than Divinity Equipment. Did you know that they hold the coveted Kubota Elite dealer status? They do. It's the highest level of recognition given to a Kubota dealership anywhere on earth. It's reserved for the highest level of customer service, and satisfaction. Whatever your needs are in equipment, check them out at DivinityEquipment.com and of course Highway 51 North in Madison and Divinity Drive in Jackson. They are ready for spring. Now back to this podcast episode of Mississippi Magic titled Carl Frank's Mountain to Climb. When the Mississippi teenager was 14 years old, his mom bought him a guitar because she heard him singing around the house and thought he had a pretty good voice. Well, he taught himself to play in the rare downtime one finds as the son of a sharecropper. His mom and dad had visions of him becoming the next great blues singer. As a young child honing his talents in the juke joints of Jackson or North on Beale Street in Memphis. Carl Frank liked music but he loved sports. He liked the idea of singing as a pastime, but he loved the idea of playing at the professional level. Now, to be honest, some of the reason for that thought process may have come from Carl Frank's world of realistic expectations. You see, even though turning pro was a mountain to climb, the way he envisioned his personal path to a singing career was almost a mountain too high to even dream about climbing. So here's how a bit of Mississippi magic took hold and shaped one of the most remarkable careers in music, one that since has opened the door to many others to follow, a door that seemed to lead to an unattainable quest. But Carl Frank not only conquered the mountain, he he took it to new heights. That pro career never happened because of an injury and an interruption. The injury was to his arm. The interruption was two years of service in the United States Army. After that service to his country and during the final attempts to break through in the sport he loved, his coach heard him playing a guitar and singing. Not only was he very good, but 
his uniqueness and his style and what he was singing raised eyebrows and caught everybody's attention. So much so that the team manager doubled his salary for performing to the crowds 15 minutes before each home game. That was big money. Ten bucks per game, ten bucks to sing. And that, in turn, led him to a multitude of bookings to perform. Well, Carl Frank's injury kept him from the big leagues and the sport he always dreamed about, professional baseball. But his path to music history has been nothing less than a home run. Looking back, his stats were most impressive with the teams in the Negro American League, even to a point of making it to the farm club of the Cincinnati Reds. But ultimately, as a pitcher, the arm injury stole the speed from his wicked fastball. Carl, a tall, soft-spoken guy who handled instances of racism calmly while living with his new wife in Montana, where he once said, It's a very conservative state. I stood out like a neon. But once it let you in, you become a Montanan. It was that personality, along with the fact that Carl Frank was an incredible singer, that had caught the attention of some industry giants. But not in the genre of the blues. What made Carl Frank so unique was his love of country music. And along the way, there were many who gave him uh, quiet counsel that the mountain he was trying to climb may not be able to be conquered. Not in this day and time. Not as a black man making it in country music. Thank goodness he never listened to that bad advice. But there were others who gave him encouragement. People like Red Sovine and Red Foley. So in 1958, with his baseball dreams behind him, he grabbed his guitar and recorded a few songs where else but in Memphis at Sun Studios. One of those songs caught the attention of Chet Atkins, who helped him get a contract with RCA. So by now you know that Carl Frank is Sledge Mississippi's Charlie Pride. You've got to kiss an angel good morning And let her know you think about her when you're gone Anybody going to San Antonio or Phoenix, Arizona? In a Mississippi cotton picking Delta town, one dusty street to walk up and down. Nothing much to see but a starving hound in a Mississippi cotton picking Delta town. Charlie Pride, whose ultimate path to the Country Music Hall of Fame started with some history that is still disputed today. It's said that when RCA released Pride's album, there wasn't a picture on the cover of the African-American singer. It was just listed as Country Charlie Pride. Now, for the record, Charlie disagrees that it was intentional. He's quoted as saying, people didn't care if I was pink. RCA signed me, and they knew I was colored. They put the record out and let it speak for itself. That it did. Charlie Pride's personality and love of country music conquered any obstacles he confronted as he climbed the mountain to the very top of the country music charts. In one memorable coming out party, his first major performance, this one in Detroit's Olympia Stadium, it was packed with 10,000 fans, many of who had heard the songs but had never seen the singer. Charlie Pride is quoted as saying, Friends, I realize it's a little unique, me coming out here with a permanent suntan to sing country and western music to you. But that's the way it is. His fans loved him even more. Then, in 1967, Mississippian Charlie Pride appeared at the Grand Ole Opry. He's won numerous accolades, Entertainer of the Year and Top Male Vocalist Awards. From 1969 to 1971 alone, he... 
Charlie Pride dominated the country music charts in that short time span with eight, eight number one hits. And you should know that the Sledge Mississippi-born Charlie Pride's ascent to the mountaintop in the total number of RCA records sold was second only to a fellow Mississippian named Elvis Presley. Now, I said earlier that I'd tell you a story about Charlie Pride that I've never shared on the air in all these years. I have mentioned a couple of times about on-the-air interviews with Charlie Pride and once even helping Charlie and his dad shop for a car. But here's a story I've never told. Once before leaving after an interview, he wanted to show his appreciation for the help, the interview itself, and on me playing his music over the years. And he said, is there anything I can do? I answered, yes. As a matter of fact, there is one thing. That one thing that would mean the world if you have some time. Charlie Pride said, name it. I said, Charlie, my father-in-law, Jim, is a World War II veteran and a world-class Charlie Pride fan. Unfortunately, he's in the final stages of cancer and he doesn't have long to live. There's no singer he has mentioned to me over the years that he loves more than Charlie Pride. And if you had time, I'd love for you to make a quick stop and pay him a visit. Without hesitation, he said yes if it's somewhere that doesn't make him miss his plane out of Memphis later that evening. I told him his home was only a couple of miles away. So, long story short, Charlie Pride walks into my father-in-law's bedroom where he was coming in and out of sleep from the pain medication, and he waited for his eyes to open. When they did, Charlie spent time chatting with him, holding his hand until my father-in-law finally went silent and fell back to sleep. I took Charlie back to his car and thanked him. The next morning, I was told that my father-in-law woke up a few hours later telling everyone who would listen about the most amazing and realistic dream he had ever had. That Charlie Pride visited him at his home at his bedside. It wasn't long after that that Jim passed away from cancer. Charlie Pride from Sledge, Mississippi, more than a very good baseball player, more than a great country musician. Charlie Pride is a very good man. And oh, something else that you need to know. Because of a clerical error on his son's birth certificate, the name his father picked out as Carl Frank Pride goes down in history as Charlie Frank Pride. Charlie Pride. But now maybe there's a little revenge toward the person who made that clerical error back on March 18, 1934. You see, one of Charlie Pride's sons is following in his dad's footsteps in the music business as Carlton Pride. Charlie Pride, born in Sledge, Mississippi. He's expanded the world of country music by conquering a mountain of obstacles. And he did it all with a bit of Mississippi magic. Mississippi Media Production.